Welcome to Vintage Burn. This is Kev. Marco. Doug. And today we're going to be discussing Lords of Chaos. Just to give you guys a quick synopsis of the movie. Lords of Chaos is a 2018 horror thriller film directed by Jonas Ackerland and written by Dennis Magnusson and Ackerland. Adapted from the 1998 book of the same name, the film is a semi-fictionalized account of the early 1990s Norwegian black metal scene, told from the perspective of Mayhem co-founder Euronymous. It stars Rory McCulkin as Euronymous, Emery Cohen as Varg, Jack Kilmer as Dead, and Sky Ferrara as Anne-Marie. Well, I guess we have a name for the young lady. Hmm. Unless Anne Murray is somebody I she could be seen. She yeah. could be completely fictional. It too. could have been. Uh, was it the sister? Uh, it was probably the, probably the yeah the, the girlfriend. The girlfriend. Yeah. Someone like two women in this whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, guys, why don't we get it started to just kind of go over this movie as a whole? It uh yeah it's pretty pretty heavy subject matter. Um, and it's, it's funny that it's kind of considered a horror movie, which it is a horror movie, but it's, you know, like a horror movie that's based on true events, obviously. And that kind of makes it a little more like, gives a shock factor, a little more oomph. Um, just knowing, you know, knowing the history for for a long time and then kind of just see it and then... Uh, reading about it and all that. Reading yeah. about it and then actually seeing it, yeah. It just kind of puts like a whole nother, uh a spin on it. Yeah, I mean, I think it was cool. I, I liked uh, the fact that, you know, it showed the start of it and how Euronymous uh, basically was the starter of it and uh, how everybody basically, like, knelt down, bowed down to him pretty much. And then, uh, you know, Var comes in and <laughs> everything goes awry. Yeah, the power well, struggle. It shows how fucked up Dead was, too. Mm -hmm. As a person, he had a really bad childhood that led into uh, psychological issues for Dead, the lead singer of Mayhem, uh, which, which then led for him to have psychosocial issues. He was killing animals. With cats especially. Hated cats. He, yep. Which uh, is also mentioned in the book, by the way. Too, and so. visually, there's there's a scene in the movie where if you're not paying uh, close enough attention, you can actually see a cat hanging in a, in a room that... Uh, one of the rooms that they had rented in their uh, house that, that, that the band was staying in. But he, he was definitely disturbed, had had mental issues, which ultimately led to his demise. Yeah, it's like the part where he was, I uh, remember where he was sleeping and, and he was trying to wake him up and he was just still, still yeah. and then he spotted a cat, Aronimus spotted yeah. a cat. Yeah. And he's like, look, there's a cat. And he wakes right up yeah. and they go chasing it to shoot it. <laughs> it's in, crazy. In Dead's whole purpose in life was to completely consume himself with death. Yeah, he was obsessed with so death. So he was obsessed with death. Burying clothes in the ground. Uh, the smell of, the the smell of death. Yeah. You know, uh, his lyrical content revolved around death. You know, the whole entire black metal scene was death. And obviously the killing of animals and um, uh, then starting to harm himself physically. And it was, it was just going down a dark road. For yeah, sure, man. It was uh, it was pretty insane because I read the book actually last week in preparing for this, and it had a lot of really good parallels in it. Like you said, the cutting yeah uh, was mentioned in the book. The cats was mentioned in the book, which I already said. But and uh, man, it, it was I man, I thought that part of it was really well done. 
Uh, the visual effects? Visual effects. Yeah, man. the visual um, effects were great. Excellent, man. Like, when he cut himself, I mean, like, the, those, those, he cut deep, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty rough. There was a few scenes where I'm like, ugh. You yeah. Know, it gave me, like, like you almost had to look away. Yeah. You know, it's one thing when you see a knife with blood, but once you see the skin open, and, yeah, it, it gets, gets to that point, I'm like, okay, well, wow, this is, videos, I can't watch it's visceral. <laughs> if you are a fan of uh, Rob Zombie movies, then you'll appreciate this. Being able to see tendons and, um, you know, those cuts up close, for sure. What else? So, uh, Val Kilmer, son played dead in the movie, which I thought it was I was a wondering when I yeah. see Kilmer, Jack Jack Kilmer. Yeah, it's um, and it's funny. This is um, one of his first or second movies. Even though both of his parents are actors, he got into acting pretty late. You know, it's not like he was a childhood actor huh. or anything. So he kind of did his own thing and somehow got thrown in this part, which I thought I thought he pulled it off. Maybe he could do Tombstone too. Ooh, yeah. This, mm. who, who did he play? A skinny. Ears. He was dead. He was dead. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was that's dead. Val Kilmer's son. That's Val Kilmer's son. Looks yeah. nothing like him. Yeah. Uh, and he must look like well, the mom. the fatter version. <laughs> yeah, he must look like the mom. The fatter yeah. version. <laughs> the more bloated fatter version. I have to see him like outside of uh, like a, a regular picture, what he looks like in real life, to really yeah. judge it. Because they, they obviously... Mm-hmm. He had the long hair, which probably in real life he doesn't have, I would guess. Well, we certainly saw his ass, so it can't tell... Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think he had a very, very tall butt yeah. crack, that name. Yeah, uh... Man, I, I don't know. Back I, crack. He's got a back crack. <laughs> back crack. Yeah, just, got a back just crack. never ended. Never uh, ends. They went on for days. And then, of course, Rory Culkin, which is hilarious. Cause it, or as yeah. Kevin calls him, Rory McCulkin. R- Rory <laughs> McCulkin. <laughs> when he was running down, did you catch that when he was running down the synopsis? <laughs> Rory McCulkin. <laughs> Rory Culkin, uh, for those of you who don't know, is the younger brother of Macaulay. Um, and they look identical. Yeah, they do. They, they, yeah. What movie were you saying he was in? Was he Signs? Was, he was Little Boy in Signs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he also, uh, Scream 4, like Kevin mentioned, um, he was in a small part in Castle Rock, which actually they just taped some in Hudson. Um, the oh, other really? day, our, our company, yeah, had to use one of our bucket trucks for lighting. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, and, and I, they wrote on our Twitter page, and, cause I knew they were doing a taping something, I didn't know what it was, but I took, checked our, uh, the Hudson Light and Powered fucking twitter page and it was like oh we're, our guys out there were helping on the scene of castle rock i'm like that's cool doug has a cameo if you look close enough he's the guy sleeping at the controls in the back <laughs> eating donuts when people hear power plant they just assume homer simpson <laughs> but anyway um so yeah he was in not a ton of stuff but he i mean he's been in a lot of stuff but like as far as horror or like stuff that people might care about mm-hmm. nothing too crazy we could tell from the whole plot of this movie it was you know based around the fact that Euronymous created Norwegian black metal. It was supposed to be um, just more for more for stage and show, and uh, you know they wouldn't let Vargan originally because he was into different music. Yeah, like he had the Scorpions patch, and, and he he's kept, like Scorpions. He pointed at the Scorpions patch mm-hmm. on his uh, battle vest in the movie, and was just kind of like. Didn't say much to Varg. Uh, Euronymous didn't say much to Varg other than just like pointing at the Scorpions patch, basically saying like, "Yeah, you're not, you're not metal enough because you're you're listening to uh, this other this other sound." And uh, you know, Varg wanted to fit in. It really just goes back to wanting to fit in, wanting to be the cool kid. And um, you know, we, we had all discussed that Euronymous uh, basically was a talker and had invented this style of music, but he he wasn't um, gonna follow through with half of the stuff he hit. He said he would do because it was all for show. Whereas Varg 
was the doer. And Varg, you say burn a church, Varg's Varg, gonna go yeah. burn that fucking church. And I thought that was, like, the part where it kind of took a turn, you know, beyond the music, get into, like, the personal conflict. Uh, I believe, you know, like, when, when Euronymous did say burn the church, he kept talking about it, like you said, and then Varg actually did it. And he did yeah. it numerous times. And then... Became it, obsessed with it. It became obsessed with it, yeah. And then, uh, you know, because they're... they're um, ideology or whatever whatever was uh basically because uh, the churches were built on pagan uh land yeah, land yeah. or whatever or uh like their their uh temples their temples yeah. and their but their culture their culture was based on paganism to begin with and then christianity had come in and taken over yeah and and i mean it's uh you know not to get religious, but it's it's a very valid point about religion as a whole that, you know, one religion will come in and be stronger and take over another and condemn the rest. And it's, it, it's true. I mean, unfortunately, they, they were not wrong for, um, you know, speaking the truth. It was just a matter of how they went about obviously doing it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well. it, just the music wasn't enough. They had to go more extreme. Like, like. Like in the movie, it's like, oh, we got to go to the next step. We got to yeah. And that's what they kept saying. The next yeah. level, yeah. you know. And it was yeah, always... if they took that publicly yeah. and had kept it, it just music as their voice, you know, or as their vessel for getting that out there, probably it would have. It could have worked, I think. You know, like with the re- rebellious teens and everything. But you know, then to go and actually burn churches, like you had said, didn't one of you guys had said it actually um, worked against them. It did, yeah. yeah. Uh, so what? What I read the book, it was saying that like the congregations when they burnt the churches, they would rebuild, and it actually made the the town kind of like come together, and then more people actually joined the congregation. So them by burning the churches, which were historical buildings, a lot of them were built in the eighteen hundreds and whatnot. Yeah, some in the, like even early nineteen hundreds, but they were all like really old, nice, beautiful, like yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous inside, buildings inside and, inside and out. And um, yeah, man, and then. I don't know, man. Freaking, it's insane, man. <laughs> like, I'm still, we just watched the movie, uh, like, like we just finished 10 minutes ago, and I'm still, I don't know, yeah, in still, shock still kind of, of, of in. seeing it, like, instead of reading it. It, it, it. They did a really good job with it, man. I, I liked it. Yeah. I, I think it was, the, I heard everyone's like, oh, they wanted to quote unquote hate watch it. And just to shit on it, and then they're like, actually, it's not bad. Yeah, and that's that's the consensus, like yeah. from what uh, everybody I saw, everybody literally watched it to hate on it. <laughs> yeah, and but it, 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 I thought it was, I thought it was done well. It hit all the major yeah. points. I mean, obviously, there's some fluff that is gonna be fiction, but that's you know, it's Hollywood. You yeah, know? of course, yeah. But I don't think and it was overdone. You know, yeah. after watching this, I feel like I need a shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, is. It's I mean, it's very pretty he- heavy it's, and filthy. It, yeah, it's it's definitely dark. Um, so there's, there's no doubt about that. So I mean. If uh, if you can't handle, you know, thinking about the fact that this actually happened for the most part, besides some of the glitz and glam of, of Hollywood, I mean, this is pretty factual. You know, the events of the movie um, are not fictional. The church burnings and murders are real, but we don't know about Euronymous' haircut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are. <laughs> going, going back to the next level talk, though. I mean, it... it they burned the churches and then, like, Faust, uh, he's, uh, was the drummer of Emperor... Um, it gets into his story a little bit where they just keep it. Oh, and, and let me mention, actually, they start a, a group called the Black Circle. Yeah. Which is six guys that are all prominent uh, figures in the early Norwegian black metal scene. And anyway, so it gets into the Faust story of, uh, well, with, with actual events where he's in a bar drinking and some guy is there looking at him. And uh, 
you know, the guy follow. you know, he gets up and leaves. Uh, Faust gets up and leaves. The guy follows him. And <laughs> he goes outside and he starts feeling up Faust. And Faust is like not here. So he has the guy follow him in the woods. And then he stabs him 37 times. Yeah, this gentleman was hitting on Faust thinking that this young uh, black metal man was, you know, looking uh, to be involved with another gentleman of the same sex. Uh, but instead it was more a game of uh, wolf and prey. And it was more about Faust uh, just killing this man because he didn't believe... Um, you know, and uh, homosexuality. So, and I think again, I think he took that black circle seriously, serious, and he wanted to take it to the next wasn't, level. So I think that was like part a, of it too, right? It wasn't just like a gang, you know. Yeah. Aronimus created this like boys' club. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> like a bad boys' club. Yeah, just a yeah. bad boys' club. And in his mind, it was you know being in the treehouse with the boys. They were they were in a record store basement. I mean, it was cool. I mean, it looked kind of like a like a layer, a dungeon Yeah, it's layer. not that cool in real life. I highly doubt it was that cool. It's, it's about... It's a basement. Yeah. Probably yeah. just like a basement. There, there's no cool like brick arches. When we yeah, went, we stopped by. When we went to Helvet when we went to Norway. And we, you go down the basement, you see the black metal on the wall. Still? Still there, yeah. But it's an empty room, no bigger than this, with no cool... Yeah, it's not as cool as it, they made it appear. But and this room's not very big that we're in, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'm trying to give you a visual. A visual. It's probably, I would say it was like 12 by 15 or something. Yeah. Wow. But, uh, but then it, it continues, man. It's just, you know, you go from Faust right into, what was the next thing? Uh, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> was, he, was he the only Emperor member, member that they uh, mentioned? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, I know in the book, I, how do you say it? Ishan? 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 Yeah, Ishan. Ishan, uh, Ishan, Ishan. yeah. He's, he's a prominent figure in the book with interviews and stuff. So, cause but he, was he wasn't there. actually in the movie. Not that no. I saw, no. I think Samoth. Samoth? Samoth, yeah. He might have been, but like one of those random dudes that looked like... Right, and there was a couple of random dudes. Yeah, so I, I think so. I mean, at one time, um, Ishan, or whatever his name is, was the only uh, member of Emperor that wasn't in jail. Right, right, right. One, uh, yeah, Faust it. went away for the stabbing of the gay man, and then Samoth, or however you pronounce his name, was jailed uh, for church burning. That's right, Var. yeah, that's right, yeah, with Var, yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, from, from, this, uh, from that death, it basically just, you could see... Once Faust had admitted uh, to the group that he had actually killed this man in the park, you could see Euronymous was going, uh, was thinking that it was just it had gone too far, uh, and and from there it just snowballed. It continued because now that Faust had actually killed another human, uh, Varg was like, "Well, we got to burn a church in your honor," mm -hmm. and that was Varg's way of saying, "Well, I'll top it by burning another church." And so they got together, they they did, they burned another church, and that happened. Was that the largest church burning? Or, or yeah, most visual church Most visual, burning, yeah. I forget can, the name. Is I that wish the I one remember. that's on the cover of the Lords of Chaos? Uh, possibly. I know the Fantoft was the first one. That was one of the bigger ones. Uh, but I believe it is. I believe it is. It's the one that, that, like, the flames went up, like, 50, 60, 70 feet or whatever. And then from there, Varg just tries to outdo everybody be, by becoming the catalyst for real black metal not just mm -hmm. the boys club in the basement you know burning candles and talking about how bad they are he actually became the baddest yep and which starts to create the the power struggle the between power him struggle and and uh, yeah and that's where like it, it just snowballs just out of control you know because he knows like euronymous now is, is all about image 
Yeah. And you can see that in the movie. It, it's it's you, you can tell he just does things for image. Like uh, we didn't even talk about what Dead shot himself, did we? No. Yeah, I mean, like he took a picture. They used it for a bootleg album cover, and yeah. this really happened. Really he showed happened. it in the in the movie, you know. Uh, he walks in, uh, which uh, actually, when we were talking about the deep cuts and all that stuff, that scene was insane. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where, oh yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, dead is well, there. He's, well, the headshot too. I mean, seeing every you can see everything. Yeah. Brain matter. I mean, yeah. like I said, it, it is very yeah. Rob Zombie style because it's so visceral. The only thing I liked about this better than any Rob Zombie movie is the acting was better. Yeah. And and um, the language. It wasn't. It it was very sophisticated. I mean, yeah, they were young, so you know, so they said some stupid things, but for the most part, the language was very well written. Um, the acting was great, but the visual effects were just very visceral, like a zombie flick. Mm-hmm. And and of course, um, I liked how they had a couple little funny parts. You know, some some parts that weren't supposed to be funny, and then some that are, you know, give you a little chuckle just to kind of lighten the mood a little in such a dark, a dark uh, theme. Yeah. And I know where you're going with this. Where am I going with this? So, <laughs> <laughs> so Varga, now he wants to take it and push it above everybody else. So he thinks by going to the media uh, and exposing right. himself, like, as far as being in the black circle but not copping to anything. Uh, and I think this is the part you're talking about yeah. where he's doing the interview and it's all serious. He has, like, these Nazi flags up. This it's candlelit room. He he's wants to be sword. called. He's got a sword. Yeah, he, he wants to be called Count Grishnak now. And <laughs> oh, I'm the Count, you know. And that's what he wants to be known as. And these guys come in and like, oh, so you're a Satanist, you're um, a Nazi, and what's he else he say? And you're a heathenist, I think. Was it the three? Pagan? Oh, pagan, yeah, pagan. Pagan. That's what it was. So you... And then uh, this guy got out of nowhere. What's he say? He's like. To you, anybody? Yeah. It's like a very tense moment. All of a sudden, broad, this is like, yeah. <laughs> and this like other black metal dude is, comes out. T. Yeah, your ideology is a bit broad. You're kind of like throwing a bunch of things together without right. even create. He would have. It would have been better for him to actually create a new ideology mm-hmm. from the three, right? Right. Instead of that, and then yeah, the guy comes out and he's like T. Yeah, <laughs> that cracked me up. Or or the fact that they had to take their shoes off to come in the house. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. That's Varg was part, from. Yeah. A, uh, pretty sure Varg was from in. Um, Affluent family. They were all, like all had, of them, yeah. all of them, all of them came from like good families, like at least middle class families. Middle yeah. class families. <laughs> at least most, most were living with mom, so it's like uh, folks got arrested. You know, his mom. He was still living with his mom, and he got arrested at his mom's house. Um, yeah. Can you can you get the door closed? Yeah. It's cops. So I now, mean, like him uh, though, doing that interview uh, with the press is what led to the police really getting on them. And uh, he wanted that attention. He wanted to become, like, this figure, this evil figure in society. And he wanted that. And, uh, I mean, it led it down a bad path. And that's when Euronymous started saying, we've gone too far, like, way too far, <laughs> you know? And it's, oh, man, it's... Yeah, kind of, I, I, through this movie, it's kind of changed my perspective on, uh, on Euronymous. Re- 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 yeah. Um, it just... Uh, you know, I, I knew he was, like, supposed to be, like, a really down-to-earth and, like, you know, kind of a softy and stuff. From what the book says. Yeah. From what the book says, yeah. But, you know, but all these years you just think, like, oh, no, he must be true, you know? But, like, mm-hmm. it kind of just shows you, you know, some They really painted him as the victim in this movie. Yeah. And they did. And I think he was really the victim, he was. though. You know, like, I mean, he obviously created the... Like, he talked about a lot of stuff which led to things happening. So he was definitely a catalyst to... Oh, to, sure. You know what I mean? 
But deep down, he just really was trying to create an image to sell records. And that was the whole thing he was trying to say. Hey, you're a poser if you, you know, go on tour and yeah. whatever. And he had this idea, you know, this, these ideas that, you know, if he says that, people will actually pay attention to him. But all these other people took it very serious. Yeah. Like, no, we can't go on tour. No, we can't do this. And then even the Venom thing. Like, uh, I don't think it was so mentioned in the movie. They might have, like, kind of had a little thing on it. But uh, in Venom in real life, when they came out, like, everybody understood that it was kind of like... It wasn't really... They're not real Satanists. They were just playing it up. And they even admit that. But in Norway, according to the book, uh, Norwegians are very serious people. So they took it very seriously, mm-hmm. and that's where it all started, and and that's what he was trying to create—that very serious satanic evil vibe. Right. And it just—I don't know, man. And then it went off the deep end. Like I said, now you know the start of their conflict really begins there. You know. And yeah. his his death, Hieronymus's death in this movie was visceral, and it was. This podcast brought to you by the word visceral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it 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 was it was definitely. I mean, it was brutal. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it was insane. I mean, uh, they <laughs> they painted it in a way... Uh, so, like, what Farg says in real life is that he got attacked first, and then it was self-defense. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> but in, in real life, like, me actually thinking about it when I read about it, it's like, all right, so he stabbed him, and then he ends up running down the hall, and then he chases him and, can see, you know, stabs him another 30-something times. So in this movie, it doesn't show uh, Varg getting attacked. It just shows him just straight up stab him. Oh, yeah. And it's over a contract situation due to their music. Uh, I don't think I mentioned that Euronymous had a label called Death Like Silence. Uh, Varg's band was Burzum. And uh, they were signed to him, but he never paid him anything. And, he, and uh, Varg literally wanted to just cut ties. So he could just go off and do his, uh, his own thing. Like yeah. create his own label or sign to another label or whatnot. And, uh, and they were ready to sign, and, and he went to go get a pen, and then he ended up stabbing him. <laughs> I, you know, yeah. I guess Hieronymus was wrong for how he had treated Varg in the beginning. Correct. But I agree. It but went from bullying to <laughs> it. Could, the, the tables turned, and instead it's, you know, it became... Uh... But at least at the end, like, he tried to right his wrongs, you know? He tried to square up with his debts he and did. stuff. I and mean, tried he to say, like, which is the best, hope we're going to make friends, and then... Yeah. I think it was just, like, too far. You know, of course, he's pissed off, and he said he was going to kill, um, kill Varg and take them and torture him. It was him. a joke. It was, it was a joke. Was You're pissed talk. off, you know? He was all Yeah, but talk. then it got back to Varg. Yeah, and then... And then, oh, actually, we, we skipped upon the conversation where they're in uh, the restaurant, remember? And he's talking about, you know, I did this for image. I did this for image, you know, whatever. And then when he stabs him uh, at the end, Euronymous even says it, you know me. Yeah. I just say things to say things or whatever, however yeah. he said it. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just like, and that's the truth, man. I mean, like, Euronymous, and it's funny, when you read the book, it really paints Euronymous to be a really nice guy if you get to know him. That's the thing. If you don't know him, he acts all big and bad and evil. Yeah. But once you get into his, like, circle, you see the real him. And that's what a lot of people in the book said. So I really believe that in the movie portrayed him pretty much the right way. You know, the end, obviously, I don't know. I don't know if he cut his hair or whatever. Yeah, that's I don't know if any of that stuff happened. I don't know. And then I know for a fact that in the book, uh, in the investigation, he was in his underwear, mm-hmm. you know, and, and whatever. And in the movie, he had, like, full clothing on. So I don't know how uh, true the end was, aside from the stabbing part. You know, the stabbing I, part so really happened. You know, I, I can imagine that they cut his hair in the movie maybe to show 
the change in his life. Correct. And that's what I think like, too. Yeah. Like we needed to, we needed to physically see the change. You mm-hmm. know, people couldn't just imagine you know, he's he's on the couch watching T V with his girlfriend and he's just like living a normal life. Mm-hmm. And know? then he had a button up shirt on. Yeah. You yeah. know, like <laughs> I thought it was her like the girlfriend shirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's like just, yeah, you could you could see visually that he was starting to live a different life. Right. Not even though he had sat down too right before uh, Varg had come up with the contract. He sat down to write something about. I saw he was something about mayhem, and this is going to be the most brutal record or something. So mm-hmm. he was still at heart, you know, doing what he does best, but his personal life had changed. So maybe cutting his hair was just yeah, it was symbolism. I mean, like it, it may have happened. I just never read anything What's about the it. What's symbology? Happening. Symbology. It's huh? just showing he was a good person, man. That's it. Like that he was above all that stuff, and <laughs> he was looking forward Saints. to moving on. <laughs> Oh, is that what that's from? Yeah, yeah. what's the symbolism? I gotta watch that movie again. I've only ever seen it once. Symbolism. 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 I thought you were fucking mocking me. <laughs> no. And I'm like, I'm gonna fucking pull these two apart. You fucking cocksucker. <laughs> um, so yeah, Emperor... I figured Emperor would have had a little bit more involvement in the movie, but... I mean, Faust, it definitely had a, a lot of Faust. I mean, Faust was a big part of the story. I mean, the main focus, though, was... Definitely Euronymous and Euronymous, I mean, yeah. it, that was the focus. And Faust was just that side piece. I mean, Samoth burning down churches. I'm sure he might have even been in the scene. You just don't know it's him. Yeah, you because just know it's him. I don't think he had a speaking part in it. No. I think he was one of those quiet guys yeah. that looked... Because, like I said, there was a few quiet guys. So he could have been one of those guys. I don't know. I mean, I, it's hard to put all that in an hour or two-hour movie, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's you, tough. You, you were saying earlier about the dirt, how that you think thought that should have been a miniseries. Yeah. I, I think with this, they could have... Did like a two part thing and do like a, the second half, sure, of like the trial and kind of what happened in the scene yeah. up until. But like, I think I think they did a good job in detailing in this movie like the actual like big events. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of like little shit in the middle, but they, I see why they don't have to involve that. You know, with the dirt, I think uh, honestly, like I I was entertained by it. Honestly, I know I know Kevin, mm-hmm. you didn't like it, right? You know, I, I I've watched it a couple times. It's it has some good parts, but I... Like the squirting uh, scene? <laughs> I know, I couldn't believe <laughs> the that. Yeah. Scene. I, I right the squirting scene. Right at the beginning, too. That's great. I didn't want it three times. I like the whole party scene and stuff. Yeah, but as far as the, the movie goes, I thought the acting was... Man, it was like... like I didn't know that was Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, I want to say that's yeah. like... You know, it's it's kind of like B-movie acting, really. It really was. It wasn't as... It was B-movie acting. No, and I, I agree, and I think budget has something to do with it, but I think if they did it as a show, it could have definitely... I mean, I never read The Dirt, but I know people who have, and I've described it, and, and, and they compared it to the, the movie from what I've heard. And they glamorized Vince Neil's fucking car accident. Oh, I had a couple drinks, he wasn't that cocked, and they were having a conversation, and he looked away, and that's how that, no, he was cocked out of his mind, mm-hmm. they were loaded as fuck, and he, either way, he killed his friend. But I mean, they, they totally glamorized that death scene, and I just, like I, I was, that's why I wasn't a fan of it, I'm like, come on, guys, they... It's because they promoted it as, it's everything that's real. It's the dirt. It's the truth. Some of the shit wasn't real. Like, there are fans already out there like, no, that's not really what happened in this yeah. scene. <laughs> and no, that's not really what happened in this scene. And, like, the tryout scene. Yeah. The wasn't even, player, none of that yeah. shit happened. Yeah, but no, wait, even I, ha- none I, of that happened. Apparently it did happen, just not to that guy. Right. Yeah, uh, so that guy, I forget his name, but he ended up doing a lot of projects. And I guess he's a really... 
recognized guitar player. Who the guy in the very beginning? Yeah, like the the fat guy the fat that guy, can't yeah. can't get yeah. Livewire's riff down, which is like the easiest riff ever. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, <laughs> every Motley Crue riff is pretty easy. There's yeah, for the most part, they just have catchy tunes, man. Some they of their have songs. Catchy tunes, yeah. but that's the thing. I I don't understand. Out of all the bands from the '80s, a lot of the bands who never even made it that big, they just got lucky, man. They were not that good. Oh, I think I think a lot of it uh, was on image, and I and, and actually Vince Neil in that movie, whoever plays Vince Neil, uh, he actually says like when when they're doing the theater of pain tour, he's like, "This album sucks. It's a terrible album," and that's where I think they fall off the fucking table. I hate that. I hate girls, girls, girls. But I do like their first two records. First two records. Yeah, I think they, they like kind of punky. But they I like more. The, I like the handful of tunes off of this. I I can't lie. I mean, I still love Home Sweet Home. No, yeah, yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, it's a good song. Doctor Feelgood's a good song. Uh, Kickstart My Heart's a good song. Yeah, but, but the, the rest of those albums filler. are shit. Filler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Albums. I mean, even Sable Situation, which was a hit, I think is a terrible fucking song. Yeah. But anyway, get back to the movie. I thought it was entertaining as far as the dirt goes. I thought it was entertaining. You're right. It should have been a series. But I, I really feel like they could have told the story better in like a six uh, like part series. Fucking, they could have had season like beyond season. They could have, yeah. yeah but I, I don't know how far you can really carry it. I mean, you know what part though was what really got me? I almost cried, man, is the daughter scene, dude. Yeah, and she was the best actress in the great. movie. Great, she's great. She did a fantastic she's job. Be the, daughter. The, the little lady, girl, yeah. Little girl, she's gonna be great, dude. And, I'm not gonna lie, I wept a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that, that kind of hit home. You know what I mean? How do we go from burning churches to fucking the dirt mascara, <laughs> well, I, makeup wearing? Oh, well, I think we're comparing like two movies that are based on reality. Ah, uh, gotcha. You know? Okay. And Doug, I, actually, just real quick, I just want to know what did you think of the dirt? I haven't even talked to you about this. Um. I, I thought it was entertaining. Yeah, again, that's what I thought too. Yeah. Um, of course, I had to watch it at work at 3 a.m. on my phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm literally never at my apartment, so mm. I gotta watch it on the go. Mm. But anyway, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was definitely entertaining. Um, How I many mean, times it, did you watch the squirting scene, is the question? Uh, three. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In, in a row, just because at in first I thought she was shaking up a beer. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, nope. She's... I, I could understand watching that on a phone. <laughs> <laughs> Not I'm really like, know what's going on. Wait a minute. Yeah. I had to watch it twice because I really didn't believe at what I just saw. I couldn't yeah. believe a Netflix movie had a squirting scene. <laughs> we got and a squirter. I, I know we sound like freaking pigs, but it's just, it's just, it's just shock. I think it was shock. It was shock. It yeah. was shock value. Yeah. But that's all. I just wanted to parallel it because they were both uh, very relevant movies to real life events. So I figured we'd bring up the dirt. Fuck it. Why not? Yeah. No, but we can get back to Lords of Chaos whenever you want. I mean, we pretty much wrapped it up. Just really want to know what you thought, man. What would you think of Lords of Chaos? It, w- it was a really good horror movie. Yeah. I mean, ho- horror thriller. Definitely. Yeah. But it was, it was very good for a 2018 flick, uh, for a real, real life event. Um,. Movie, I think it was. Uh, it was pretty hard. What would you give it on the burn scale? Nah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it, man. I thought it it's was a rec- actually... It's a recommend. Yeah, I'd recommend it. Recommend. I think it's a really good movie. I thought it, uh, to the right person, though. Yeah. What do you think, Doug? I I really enjoyed it. I wasn't I wasn't sure how to feel at first, but then, um, yeah, they pulled it together. Yeah, man. I think they hit all the main points. You know, they made a. You know, obviously, like I said before, a little bit of fluff, but that's just... Yeah, the, the the end was total fluff. Like, the whole stabbing thing where he was talking and stuff. I guarantee yeah. it did go down like that. Yeah, nobody... I mean, but it's... Yeah. No one will know. I'm surprised they didn't do... A You'll little, never know, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't do, like, up until Varg's, like, trial and stuff, and then end it. But maybe it's because they, they wanted to go yeah, off. Yeah, I, th- I think the story was mainly about Euronymous. About Euronymous. I, and, and I think that's why they didn't get into the Varg thing. It'd be interesting if they did, a, a like, a Varg movie. I think that'd be an interesting movie. I mean, that guy is insane, and... His ideology is just fucking insane. What yeah. can I say? I mean, there's really nothing I can say. I mean, he's a total right-wing fucking nut. You <laughs> yeah, know? he's a wacko, but... 
But anyway, I liked it a lot. Um, I would definitely recommend it. I yep. think it's, uh, you know, I don't know, man. I, I, I enjoyed it, man. It was thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly. All right. That's a recommend from Vintage Burn for Lords of Chaos. It came out in 2018. Great effects, good cast, good plot line, and the fact that it uh, there's uh, a lot of truth and less fiction to the movie um, makes it even more real. So with that said, we want to thank everybody for streaming the podcast. You can find us at vintageburnpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any stories that you want to share with us, especially with our new segment, The Metal Myths, we want to uh, see if anybody has any cool stories out there of the mystical, weird, or macabre of the metal scene. Any personal stories would be great so that we could add those to that section of the podcast. Or if you have any stories to share with us in the rock and metal world, that would be great as well. Um, we even, we'll even take movie recommends. Honestly, uh, if, if you have any movies out there that you want to recommend that we talk about in the horror world, we'll take those. Please uh, like, subscribe to our podcast. The more likes, the more subscribes that we get, even on our Facebook page, the better that we do. And it can help us get out there in the community. More people can find us on Podbean, uh, Apple Podcast, or on Google Play. So please give us a five-star review. All the five-star reviews really do help push, push us forward on the horror and metal uh, community. We also want to thank Keith McCoy for doing our intro music. Without him, we wouldn't sound as professional as we actually do. Thank you, so, Keith. Yeah, Keith, thank, thank you, you so much, other. brother. Love it. Until next time, we'll see you next month. Rory McCulkin. <laughs> <laughs>